Hello and welcome. It's David and Brent. Today's July the 23rd. Hard to believe July is almost over. In a world drowning in webinars of Outlook, we're putting together this webinar for AEI Premium subscribers. It's an Outlook conversation. It's not a webinar. You don't have to register. We're just going to push it out every month. So Brent, it's the third week of July and we're going to talk about the things that we're seeing and we have the new WASD report here and the big change is acreage. The acreage was changed quite a bit. And so what that, what that did is had the impact of bringing down our production. So we ended up with a little bit better stocks to use ratio than we planned on heading into that report. So it provides some support for the market. And so still pretty modest corn price expectations from USDA. Remember, we went and looked at how accurate those forecasts are. We go back and look at the data again, but the reality is those aren't that bad estimates of of where price are going to be. I think in this case, you know, might even argue it's a little bit optimistic, but we're looking at an ending stocks use ratio right now, David. What is it? Of, you know, we shrunk at 4%, four, almost 4.5%. Four so we saw a little bit of improvement. Now the debate to me seems to be acreage is kind of over. The debate is very rapidly going to shift to this number right here and what that yield is going to be. And then probably two other ones to keep in mind, ethanol, probably some room for maybe negative adjustments there because we'll talk about that in a second. But then exports may be starting to look like could be a little stronger. In my mind, the ones I'm going to be watching really closely are this one and the export numbers as we move forward. And we'll talk about the yields here in a second. So the one you're circling is yield per acre. USDA is at 178.5. That's going to be the number. If you were going to go to Vegas right now, I think that's where they're going to draw the line. I think that's it's floating around that number quite a bit. We're going to talk about it more. To go back to the price one you talked about, uh, the, right now the USDA is saying a farm average price for the crop that's growing right now, 335. That's down from 360 the last couple of years. So that's the unpleasant adjustment. Your earlier work on this, your writing suggested that basically, unless you have a big, huge weather shock, those numbers are pretty darn, right. pretty darn right. They're pretty much in the ballpark. Dr. Jeff Young is always providing us these weekly yield model updates. These are based on the planning conditions. He has his own page and he updates these. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here, but let's capture where we are. We drew the 178.5 line. He has a couple models that are looking at this. They are coming in right above, slightly above that trend line. They're staying, uh, hovering around that 180. The point here is this 178.5 number. It's going to be on everyone's radar screen as we approach the next WASDI report here in three weeks. And so you can place your bets here. Are we going to Go over 178.5 or under 178.5. That's the question we're, we're watching. And it's been pretty interesting to watch these yields sort of stay in that ballpark on a weekly basis, even as conditions change from week to week. Just the sense you're getting now is that we've narrowed that yield distribution. We took out some of the really good ones and we've took out some of the really bad ones. And so where it kind of shakes out, there's still some room to move around, but starting to feel like we're, we're heading toward maybe a little above. Yeah, so probably the 2012 event that would be below 140 is out or below yeah. 150. And the, the three or four years that everyone breathes in a brown paper sack about is 190 plus bushel yield. Those are probably off the table, right? So that's the, we've taken out the tails, which is a positive step, but it's still uh, a lot of uncertainty there. 
So last month we talked about this ending stock model that we put together. I updated it. So it sort of said, okay, if we could have went back to May and we had this 5 million acre number that was smaller than what we initially had in May. The point here is look at how much it shifted the ending stock situation that we modeled. Again, this is yield in that usage relationship. The blue is the new one, right? The blue is the new one. So right now it says, you know, we run a bunch of different scenarios about yield and usage. There's about a 20% chance of ending stocks getting above 20% of use. So a stocks use ratio above 20%, about 18% chance. The big change here is when we had 5 million more acres of corn, about, you know, back in May, I had about a 57% chance. And the point here isn't to get too focused on those numbers, but look how much that 5 million acre adjustment really shifted the curves, shifted them in a positive way. And so even if we come in at a big yield this year, maybe 180 plus, the acreage reduction gives us a lot of flexibility here in 2020. A lot of, a lot, big improvement here. It takes some of these really ugly scenarios where you end up 30% stocks to use ratios a little bit off the table. Not completely. I mean, you know, we could grow still a really huge, huge crop and have poor demand, but it's kind of taken some of those just really awful stocks to use numbers, a little bit less likelihood. All right. So soybeans, the acreage situation was um, mostly unchanged. So Brent, do you want to walk through the things that you're looking at here? So I think on the soybean thing, again, you're going to have yield, but we've got to remember soybeans, you're more of an August, still probably more yield uncertainty left on the soybean side than on the corn side. So that number is still going to be in play. But I, the one, one I think we really need to focus on is this export number. And that's going to be a really big one to think about going forward. And I think you can show us why with the next chart. So oh, sorry. before we jump there, right now, the stocks to use situation is anticipated about 10%. It's going to have to get a little bit lower than that before people get really excited. But the important thing is, is it's a step in the right direction is, is the way this has been trending. Right. And 10%, you know, it sounds small, but you got to remember, we're not nearly as big of a nat, uh, world. I mean, we're a big world player in soybeans, but you also got South America too. So if you want soybean price to get high, you got to drop that a lot, you know, down into that six, 7% range. We talked about this in an earlier recording. We've got an article about this, but I want to circle back to this. With that 10% stock to use projection the USDA has out there, this is a look at part of the the mechanics of getting there. And, and the big piece here is a 400 million bushel increase in exports. I'm seeing a lot of comments on Twitter and Facebook about all these export sales that are being booked for the next marketing year that are really impressive. And part of me scratching my head saying, well, yeah, it's been baked in the cake already. Don't get confused with this uptick in what we're seeing in activity and a lot of excitement around that with what the USDA already has built in. So we have to have the best export numbers that we've had in the past couple of years just to meet the target. And so the target, right. the bar, the hurdle is high for corn and soybean usage. And so if we're going to see a significant, if usage is going to save the day, it's going to have to be on top of an already tall order that's been baked in. Right. I think your point is really valid. You know, as you start to see those big numbers, which we're seeing, realize USDA already has us at a 400 million bushel increase over last year. In order to get the market real excited, we're going to have to go over that much of a, you know, an increase, which is going to take some, take some effort. 
Soybeans, uh, the magic number here is, keep in mind, is 50. So the USDA current number is 49.8. Rounded up to 50, and Jeff's yield models have been coming in right near slightly right around 50. There. Been pretty consistent. Nothing's really gotten significantly better or fallen apart, even over the last few weeks when things were maybe a little drier. Speaking of dry, <laughs> this is a map. This is the U.S. drought monitor map. We all know what it looks like. Brent and I were joking beforehand. This thing is basically designed to really get our connections and our brains really fired. There's a lot of colors here, and we can really jump to a lot of conclusions. So I was curious this week as to how do we take this map, which is really interesting on, on, on one level, how do we convert that to something that might be useful in our decision making? Because you look at this, I was joking the other day, this is kind of the inkblot test. You can, there's something in here for everybody. And when you show somebody and you have them describe it, you're going to learn more about their bias than you learn about maybe the, the condition of the corn right. crop. I converted the data in the map and there's a lot of data there. And I said, okay, the second week of July, let's convert the map. And I use county level data. And I said, let's estimate how many acres are being impacted. So right now, Here's a headline for you. 30% of the U.S. corn crop is in dry conditions. Another 15% are in drought conditions. So 45% of the corn. Yep. That's in the dry. Hand. And that's the 15% in the drought. So 45% of the corn crop at risk, man. We'll just wait for that to hit the headlines. Now let's look back. I did this going back to 2000. It's actually only one time before that back in 2006. Did we have a similar size of the crop in, in dry conditions? It's only a few years even a little more in drought in 2006, right? A little more in drought in 2006. And so I looked at these independently. You could add those up. The big takeaway here is that we have a dry crop scenario. We don't really have a drought crop scenario. There's been four or five years in the past 20 that have been, had more drought conditions than we are right now. Uh, obviously 2012. But here, in 2012, we had almost 80% of the corn crop in drought. We're at 15% today. We had another 18% of the crop in 2012 in dry conditions. So 90 plus percent of the corn crop was hit, right? And this year we're at 45% and it's really dry and less drought. If you go back to the early 2000s, we've had a lot of those years with similar, if not a little slightly worse conditions. So then I plotted the relationship between how much of the crop is in drought. Again, that's about 15% right now is in drought. And let's plot that with the final yield. And I used the departure from trend. And the thing I want you to keep in mind, there's a downward sloping relationship, probably really heavily impacted by 2012. The right. years that we're most like right now are 2005, 2006, 2007 in terms of drought. All of those years had slightly above trend crops for the final yield. This relationship is not as clear as it initially seems. So we've had conditions that are worse than we are today, and we've had above trend final yields. And we've had years, a lot of years actually, with less drought and they've had well below trend yields. And so this relationship just isn't as strong as we might initially think. Why is that the case? Right. It could be that this isn't a good week to consider. It could be that this, obviously this data doesn't consider the importance of timely rain. There's a lot of things that this data just doesn't capture. And I wanna share this because those maps can really distort our thinking. We start thinking a below trend crop is coming because it looks the worst that we've seen in the last X years. And this relationship just is pretty hard to nail down to actual yield data. We wrote that article on the Dunning-Kruger effect and yeah, we're trying to get you a step deeper here and realizing there's a lot to this data and don't just look at the drought map and go, oh my gosh, this is gonna be 
below trend. And we're not saying it's going to be above trend, but what we're saying is the relationship isn't super clear. So don't, don't just assume when you see those that, oh my gosh, we're going to something like 2012, which is, is way off the charts. If you're making a forecast of the probability of being above or below trend, which we have in the forecast network, and you're using the drought monitor map to really move your forecast to an extreme, probably you need to use some caution with that. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time with soybeans. The numbers are slightly different, but they're still in the same ballpark. Again, it's a very dry scenario. We have a lot of acres, about 30% of acres are in the dry category. Less than 10% are in drought conditions. So less than 40% of the soybean crop is in this sort of stress conditions. More concern than we've seen in the last few years. Not different than what we saw in the early 2000s, but very different than 2012 situation. And again, the relationship is downward sloping, probably a lot because of with yield because of the 2012 dot. But we've had conditions that are more drought than today that have had above trend yields. And we've had conditions with less drought than today that have had below trend yields. And so the relationship just isn't as strong as we might want to think. Again, for soybeans, this could be a timing issue because we're more of a July or August scenario, but the data are just really complicated at this point. Whenever you see a plot like this you know, in, a, in a line, you've always got to be really concerned because this observation is having a huge impact on where that line gets drawn because it's just so far, so far out. And that's not to say you just throw it away, but it just tells you, look, use some caution because if you end up closer to the left, there's not as much relationship. So Brent, we were talking earlier, there's probably more uncertainty in the ag economy today than there's been in, in recent memory, if not um, most of our careers. And I want to double down a little bit on that. I think there's more moving parts going on right now than there really have been at any other time of the year. So gasoline consumption that had some recovery going on a few months ago, or a month ago, it's been stalled out below 9 million barrels per day. We thought, you know, we have a question about this. We thought it might cross that line. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't, it hasn't shot to the top. There's conversations about that happening a couple months ago. Is there going to be additional direct payments? Still haven't, don't have a program for the crop that's growing. And Congress is playing this hot potato with the USDA. Uh, we read two articles the last two weeks. One of them was the USDA saying we're waiting on Congress. And the other one was Congress saying, no, use your CCC funds. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And then we have an article put up about the SHIP program, S-H-I-P-P, Soil Health and Income Protection Program. I don't know how much time we want to spend here today on that, but that has an interesting, that is an interesting policy development. Keep your eye on that. We'll see if it makes it through the final bill the president ever signs, but that's an interesting potential supply management program. Yeah. And that seems to be the push right now, trying to find ways to reduce that, that acreage pie a little bit. The other one I would put on there would be interest rates. You know, I think we're seeing interest rates that for me, career lows something to keep your eye on if you're working in that space keep an eye on those interest rates because they're they're getting awfully low right now a couple notes in one of our future updates we're going to talk about the macroeconomy situation so we're going to do an update of that presentation we did a couple months ago when COVID started interest rates will be a big part of that conversation and then also 
the upcoming USDA report to keep your eye on is the August 12th, it's on a Wednesday, WASDE report. That's going to be the first big yield adjustment when the USDA has a lot more data to make a yield forecast. So this is the, I guess, 20-minute outlook. We do these every month. Thanks for joining us. Send us any questions that you might have. We'll be answering your questions in future episodes. Brent, anything else? Nope. Send us your questions, feedback. Hopefully the growing season's going well as it's kind of, you know, I don't know if we're rounded. I think we're rounded second at least uh, on corn. We may be getting close to third. Soybeans getting closer to second base, I guess. So summer's moving quickly. Yeah, yeah, it is. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.